from white nationalism to conspiracy theories, we are being terrorized into abandoning our civil liberties. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6, right here on 95.5 WSB. And boy, has the news been breaking this week. I had more than enough material to talk about the fallout from the shootings reported out of El Paso and Dayton last weekend. Actually, they began during my show last Saturday. It wasn't clear where they would go, what the implications would be. But I did point out, as it was unfolding, there is always an agenda. There is always an agenda that it's, at the very most benign, it's the Rahm Emanuel doctrine, never let a good crisis go to waste, which he clarified by saying, by that I mean, use that crisis, or I'm paraphrasing, use that crisis to get something done you couldn't otherwise get done. And that is, of course, how these events are used. There is so much to it that I'm going to have to kind of uh, unfold it step by step. But I'll give you an overview of, of how I saw the week unfold in the aftermath of these events. There are two huge policy pushes. You look at... Th- Everybody always thinks that these things, mass shootings, will be used to promote gun control. I think that gun control is what I used to be on a a helpline for teens and they taught me there's a presenting issue and then there's the real issue. The gun control is always the presenting issue. But I realized a while ago, not only is gun control an important wedge issue to keep the Republicans and the Democrats in line for elections so that the Supreme Court is the one thing that no matter how close the policies of the Democrats and the Republicans get, abortion and gun control will always get people to divide along along party lines. It keeps the two-party system, which is very important to the powers that be, as I think a distraction, but it keeps it alive. But the gun control issue isn't just about that, I realize now. I, it is used as a as a distraction while a lot of other things are put into place. After Sandy Hook, Obama came out with a bunch of executive orders and I I looked at them and they th- I thought oh these are nothing burgers. These have not a lot to do with gun control. But that's after but after I reflected on it and I had already dubbed him the surveillance president like I dubbed before the election was even Uh, the outcome was known in November, I had already dubbed this presidency as the censorship presidency. So with the Sandy Hook case, the executive orders that followed really were about information sharing, which had been a major push, a very controversial push by Eric Holder to break down the barriers between governmental departments, state and local and federal governments. All those things were cordoned off in the 1974 Privacy Act. And there were there was coverage of people quitting under him and the real controversy surrounding his desire to get information 
to be shared like that. And I see to this day a, a clip I was going to play anyway. I re-listened to it from Michael Chertoff after 9-11 where he said we really need to break down the barriers between international and domestic, between um, uh, policing and military and and information sharing. So that that has definitely always been on the agenda and still is. And one of the things I believe, I didn't recheck them, but I think Obama did was, without any fuss at all, took out some of the privacy language that was hard won in Obamacare. Like pediatricians now ask about gun ownership in the home, which was a was something that was specifically negotiated in Obamacare. So what is so so behind the veil of the gun control dispute, these things just slipped in. And this time is no different, in my opinion, that the gun control, assault weapons ban, whatever it is the thing that they have everybody focused on as being the main concern is kind of a is kind of a shield, a safety, a smoke and mirrors thing of of the of the stuff they're actually going to implement. And I think it's all about, Thought control, mind control, uh, what I dubbed was crimes of the mind based on the press press conference that Trump held right after these events and uh, mental health issues. They just want to get they just want to control your thoughts and your political activity, in my opinion. So the two big policy pushes that will happen and are happening are background checks and red flag laws. So Trump was saying on Friday, he did a press conference out by his helicopter in the White House, that he wants, he reiterated it dozens of times, meaningful background checks. Uh, and and he also reiterates over and over again about the wrong people, mental health, making sure we can t- keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people. Similarly, red flag laws are about getting guns out of the hands of people who are deemed by anyone who wants to accuse them of being unfit for that stuff. But this all, so what are you worried about? If you have faith in Donald Trump, then it'll be fine, right? No, because when there's a changing of the guard, if they have this kind of power, eventually this kind of power, which is First Amendment power, will lead to tyranny. That's what the first that's why the First Amendment is first. You need to have freedom of the press. You need to have freedom of speech. You need to have freedom of thought. Uh, Another item about the freedom of thought that he slipped in Trump was that we need to break down the barriers of being able to seal your records when you reach adulthood so that they'll be able to look into your childhood and see what you think or say. They talk about monitoring social media, which I had recently read in an FBI document that FBI can't just blanket media, social media, or your exercise of the First Amendment rights. That's not what they're allowed to do. But there are calls to change that kind of thing. And there was also last week before these events, an FBI document that was released that said conspiracy theories are considered domestic terrorism. The actual uh, the actual title of it is or the, what it actually says as the as the premise is anti-government, identity based and fringe political conspiracy theories very likely motivate some domestic extremists to commit criminal, sometimes violent activity. 
So if you do, if you read all the stuff on the background checks and the red flag laws that I've read this week, which is by no means all that there is to read, but if you've just gotten as far as I've gotten, you realize that what they're saying is that any hint of anything that might be deemed pre-crime, like a flag that you are going to, that you might be headed down the road of crime, uh, would be would qualify you as throwing up a flag. I mean, it's all about that. And what this is saying is, so we're talking about pre-crime based on anti-government or fringe political conspiracy theories. So an anti-government conspiracy theory is just basically anything that you think the government is doing wrong and you want to express that or postulate that or discuss that. If that is enough, then that in itself defeats the very purpose of the Second Amendment, or certainly the protection that it gives us against a tyrannical government. Because if they can use your thoughts, the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, if they can get to where you are politically and use that, the very idea that you object to government overreach or think the government is acting extra-legally and deciding on this stuff behind the scenes, which we know they do, that in itself qualifies you as somebody who is flagged. So that really concerns me. Then um, another piece of the puzzle is, or or another focus is that white nationalism is a, uh, this was in the Wall Street Journal today, a greater crisis than Islamic terror. So we need to change our legal architecture and use these, these, tactics that are outside our fundamental laws just like we do for islamic terror but here's the funny thing is that when they are were arguing for that internationally they were saying it's because other countries don't have a sophisticated legal architecture like we do we we acknowledge civil liberties because we have a functioning legal system so now they're saying we don't have a functioning legal system so we have to impo- we have to withdraw some of our civil liberties we need to I mean, you you need to dig into how they're connecting these dots because that's what they're doing. And it reminded me when the Islamic terror stuff was at its peak, there was an an article in the New York Times called uh, Terrorist Plots Helped Along by the FBI. The, The original, the URL actually says terrorist plots hatched by the FBI. So you know what the original title of that story was. And it talks about the vast majority of these uh, terrorist arrests were being the result of sting operations, which means that they are, they can, are capable of and have directed terrorist activity to reach a frenzy or to maximize arrests or whatever. And that in itself can change our policy viewpoints. And then just as I was focusing on conspiracy theories, uh, something happened that's been in our spotlight for years now jeffrey epstein was reported having committed suicide in custody in new york and bill barr is on it so uh as my producer binkley who's sitting here and i have said uh before this epstein case is morphing into went from a clinton scandal somehow to a trump scandal and i feel like that is correct. This Bill Barr thing is going to be a theme of that. And I would take it one step further and say conspiracy theory itself 
is going to be the focus of the Epstein story. And in that in that vein, uh, we we have we should be we are being distracted from all the fallout of the events of last week. But I don't really want to do that because these are some very, very serious issues. The background checks, the red flag laws, using mental health as a way of social control and defining mental health in a way that is uh, contrary to the exercise of political freedom. These are very serious issues. I want to talk about the Epstein thing, uh, but I also want to talk about all that other stuff. So uh, if you are concerned about this push to take away our civil liberties, give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. 95.5 WSB helps you on your daily commute with triple team traffic. Now we want to give you even more relief with your drive. We are going to give you a chance to win $500, maybe six, seven, or even $1,000 in free gas. Go to WSBRadio.com or the WSB Radio app to register today. Registration just started. All the rules and details are there to give you a chance to win free gas from 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. And there is another announcement uh, Binkley, my producer here, is uh, you're doing a show tonight, right? I am. Tonight at 8 o'clock at Relapse Theater in Atlanta, Astronaut University, and Improvised Comedic Journey Across the Galaxy. <laughs> that sounds right up my alley. $10 tickets online. You can find the link at my Twitter at Freedom Act Radio. So uh, we're. I want to give some a little time to these calls so mike wants to talk about red flag laws gordon wants to talk about the epstein case he says he thinks it's an assassination i'm interested in that and michael thinks i put too much uh into conspiracy theories so let's see how all of those calls play off each other if you guys can hang on because i want to give you lots of room with the longer um segment after the break and uh, also let you know that as I was seeing this story, the El Paso, the Dayton story unfold during the week, Binkley and I were doing a new uh, show that we established, Drive Time Prop. We do a daily show now. You can go to thepropreport.com. We have it up every day by 4 p.m. Eastern. And going forward during the week, as the news breaks, we give it to you with our own perspective from a position of wanting the truth, and uh, a viewpoint of liberty and justice. So see if you like that. Drive time prop at thepropreport.com. And uh, give me a call, 404-872-0750, or tweet at me right now at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberties every Saturday from 3 to 6. And there are threats to our liberties coming down this week like I haven't seen in a long time. And I've got my eyes open to it, so that's a lot. And I'm going to start with uh, my first call is Mike and Marietta, who is, uh, who's on it. Go ahead, Mike. What you got? Hey, Monica. Man, my favorite topic. Uh, let me. I'm so juiced up, I don't know if I can get it all in. But here's the deal, the way I see it. I know losing 39 people is terrible, and here we are a week out, 
still talking about this whole incident to take away rights um, and the re- with the red flag laws. Um, why don't we start? How about this? Why don't we start with a privilege such as driving? Why don't we try red flag laws out on drivers that drive foolishly down the road, weaving in and out of traffic, obviously putting people at danger on a daily basis because we do lose about 100 people a day so before they cars. actually break a a traffic law, you yeah, can tell exactly they, by they their, might they might right they by might their like the look on their face. You know, like you can tell by the look on their face that they might break a traffic law, and so they should oh, probably be exactly off <laughs> or, or worse yet, cause a death for someone. So how about if you could call in and have that guy's tag number? traced and take their license or boot their car or something get yeah, they them should off call the road but... a pre-infraction exactly you know or an exactly. attitude attitudinal infraction and, and just and just as recent as your last news broadcast uh just while during the break the guy i forget who it was but was talking about natural causes acts of god this that and the other uh, and this being a man-made deal uh, are cars not a man-made deal? I mean, come on, that, that's not an act of God. And we lose almost, on average, 100 people a day, not 39 people a day to mass shootings. We yeah, lose 100 people a day from accidents in cars. I think there period. are t- twice as many car accident deaths as homicides. And, of course, homicides Ab- are not all. Ab- absolutely, and nobody and I- ever reports. Uh, no, it's very rarely reported that a gun actually caused nothing to happen okay Just oh it's very rarely reported how many crimes are stopped by people exactly. using just even not even using guns defensively but having a gun as a form of self-defense i i read, absolutely it's these stats are very hard to find but i have read that two million crimes are stopped just by the deterrent of people having guns even just knowing you're exactly yeah. I've had I've had two incidences and in I'm 62 years old. I've had two incidences in my life that just the uh, uh, um, just the, it, uh, the, the fact that you had it, yeah, a mm-hmm. weapon, yeah, exactly, yeah. stopped stopped it. I mean, immediately before it escalated into anything. And one of them was a uh, in the middle of the road driver that was nuts with me because of some. I didn't even know what he was mad about. But he got out of his truck, and I thought, holy cow. So I just reached over, got my gun out of my uh, glove uh, compartment, and when he saw that, that stopped everything. I mean, so it never escalated to well, that what if point. Well, what if he were also armed? What would you have done then? Oh, well, exactly. We'd be talking a different story. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I mean, but, but if he had but, been armed, then you would have been even even worse trouble if you weren't armed, at least... Well, oh, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So I have a story. I'm going to I'm going to let you go, Mike, and I'm going to yes, tell ma'am. a story. Thank- good. Well, good thank man. you. Thank you. Sorry. Um, let me tell you the story about the red flag law in it was Anne Arundel County in Maryland in uh, October 2018. They passed a red flag law uh, by this article is November 6th. It says uh there was a fatal shooting 
Yeah, this is what it says. It says the Anne Arundel County Police Chief defended Maryland's new red flag protective law Monday, just hours after a 61-year-old man was shot and killed while officers were trying to serve a court order requiring him to surrender his guns. Chief Altamar said the fatal shooting in Ferndale was a sign that the law, which went into effect October 1st, is needed. There have been 19 protective orders sought in the county since then, tying Hartford County for the most in Maryland, according to report on the first month. Statewide, about half of the 114 orders sought have been granted. He says, if you look at this morning's outcome, it's tough for us to say, well, what did we prevent? He said, because we don't know what we prevented or could have prevented. What would have happened if we didn't go there at 5 a.m.? It's absolutely this story in particular. So he's saying if you if you kill people with guns, then you know for sure they're not going to kill anybody with their guns. I mean, that's pre-crime and it's a complete violation of our civil liberties. But in this case in particular, the uh, his niece came out and said, I cannot believe this happened. She said on Sunday they were. Um, they were at the house. His sisters were there, his mother. She was there with her son. So this is the guy's niece. And he said, he just runs his mouth. He's totally harmless. But one of the aunts was mad at him. So she called the cops and had them come take his gun away. And it says, uh, he opened the door, at the, the phone, someone's at the door at 517. So he answers the door with the gun. And then when he saw that the cops were there, he put the gun down and talked to the cops. But when they told him that they were going to confiscate the weapon, he picked it up again, I assume, because he didn't want them to take it, and he became irate. So one of the officers tried to take the gun from him, and a fight ensued. And then uh, the gun went off. It didn't hit anybody, but the officer, uh, in this article it says one of the officers, I read another article that said both of the officers shot him. Uh, to death. Willis's niece said she was dumbfounded by the course of events. Uh, she said, we can't know anything about the order because the orders are sealed. Uh, he would have eventually been able to contest the order, although I've read a lot of articles about this and you have to you have to go fight it. You ever fight anything in court? It's not easy. So people are excited about these uh, orders, but what happens is you have innocent people who are the victims of someone who wants to uh, hurt them. Either maybe, maybe what if he were the target of a crime and somebody came out and said, oh, you need to disarm him. And then a crime was committed against him. Or in this case, it was like just a dumb argument with his family. And somebody, I think, thought they'd teach him a lesson. And boy, did they. But there are, it goes beyond that too, in that if it, it can be like law enforcement, it can be a, um, it could be like a medical professional. It could be anybody who, uh, it could be somebody in your family. And what if, here, here's one of the lines. It says it allows police, healthcare officials, spouses, family, and those a per- person might be dating or cohabitating with to petition the court to take a, uh, an individual's guns away if they say they believe he is a danger to himself or others. And I ask you, if all those people in your life, if any of them would ever pull a dirty tr- trick to teach you a lesson or treat you unfairly, they might do it in this case with terrible results. And what if somebody were doing it because they didn't like your political viewpoints? What if somebody was doing it because they were a gun control advocate? They're, it's just a terrible moral hazard. So I go back to my... Uh, original premise that any liberty that is being taken away from you 
uh, because of mental incapacity or a criminal background, both of which I think uh, have to be treated equally because the problem with mental illness is that you're, you have the potential to commit a crime as if you had a history of crime, right? So right now, people who are mentally ill have fewer rights than people who are accused of crime because you don't get a jury trial, you don't get a public defender, you don't aren't innocent until proven guilty. That's not the way it works. So I think mental health should at least rise to the level of the same protections as uh, criminal accusations. And if they are going to take away your liberty, your rights, your um, property, any of that, you sh- you have the right to a jury trial. And I don't think there should be plea bargains either. I think the only way to make sure that as individuals we are protected is to make sure that our peers are there to say, okay, this is the standard where your rights are taken away from you. And I think that's the way it needs to be. Not this rapid due process. There's no such thing. I think the due process as defined by the Sixth Amendment is really the one uh, that should apply. And so if you look at the Fifth and Sixth Amendments, uh, no person shall be compelled in any criminal case to be witness against himself nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And then in the Sixth, it says the due process. Inform the nature, cause of accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses, and to have the assistance of counsel and a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury, et cetera, et cetera. I think that standard is the one that needs to apply. You can have this. You can be worried about it. You can have red flag laws as long as that's the standard. So that's what I got on that. (laughs) I'm going to keep going down the list of the callers by being on hold. So I'm going to go to Gordon and Marietta. Hi, Gordon. You're on with Monica. Okay. My background, I was a nurse and dealt with hundreds of potential suicide inmates. Uh, As a minimum, we put them on every 15-minute rounds. If they were more severe than that, we either had them under video surveillance or even put them in a cell where there was nothing, absolutely nothing, that they could commit suicide with. A high-profile individual like Epstein should have been under video constant surveillance. And you know he had been reported as having attempted suicide a week or two ago. In the Correct. cell and was on suicide watch before. Yeah, but I just heard week. they took him off. Yeah, of yeah, no, I'm, I'm with surprise, you. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Right. I, I contend that this is another case of assassination by government. In your face type, Whitey Bolger was the first in your face. Who would do case. it and why? This is pure speculation. I'm just asking you in one minute or less, who would do it and why? In who your would opinion. do what? Who would kill this guy and why, in your opinion? Whitey Bolger was killed no, by no. inmates. Epstein. Epstein. Epstein probably killed himself, but he should have been under constant surveillance. Oh, surveillance. interesting. Yeah, okay. Because I also and thought, you know, they allowed treat... to yeah. commit suicide. Yes, but very he interesting. But had too much damaging information against too many people. So this is assassination by government. That's very interesting. And do you think it's one side or the other would want his death more, like uh, Republicans or Democrats? Is it a Trump thing or a Clinton thing? A, B, C, D, and all of the above. <laughs> I hear you. Well, I, I'll tell you, I did think not. I didn't actually think of that. We're just allowing him to do it is enough. I did think that people are, who are pedophiles in jail, and I don't know if they classify somebody who talks about kind of post-adolescent but statutorily underage girls or prostitution stuff like that counts in the prison world as being 
a viable target. But I think Ariel, the guy's name was Castro, who held those women uh, hostage for so many years as sex slaves. It, he, I think he supposedly suicided himself also. But I think those guys get killed in general population. It's quite possible that you could feed them to the lions. I mean, I don't know. There's no details out on this. But I do. I think the conspiracy theories are the story in the Epstein case. And I I think it's mm, there's a lot more to say about that. And that will tee us up for Michael in Stone Mountain after the break talking about if I if I do go too far with the conspiracy theories, it's a good launching off point. So hang on one more minute. 800 WSB talk or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. It's a man house! A man house! On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Going straight to the phones. I'm going to Michael in Stone Mountain. Michael, you are on with Monica. Hi, Michael. Hey, Monica. Uh, Nice to speak with you. Listen to you every Saturday. And I really like uh, Binkley's research and when he has input into the show. Okay. I think you're overreaching on a conspiracy part of the red flag. You mentioned somebody could put a conspiracy theory out there and maybe the FBI might look at them. I mean, anybody could put on the web... I don't like the, the Democrats because they're calling this white supremacist the Nazis. And uh, I think they're doing that because they're trying to turn voters. And that's con- conspiracy theory. But if there's no threat there, he doesn't say, oh, I hate them so much, I'd love to do something to them. Then, you know, anybody can put a conspiracy theory out there. And I think he said, oh, if you just say, say something in a conspiracy they're going to look at you without yeah, a threat. Yeah, I was definitely skipping a couple of steps. I was looking at what it has been proven to me so many times that these things are slippery slopes. They they talked about how we don't we can violate people's basic rights if it's international because foreigners don't have those rights or their countries don't function properly, so we need to impose our law on other countries. We don't have to respect their sovereignty. And, you know, Guantanamo and stuff. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Now they're talking about bringing it here because of domestic terrorism that they are going to take away. All right. So there is a slippery slope. You could see it coming. But you could argue that it didn't need to, that it wasn't going to happen. But it did happen. And it is happening. So when I look at these conspiracy theories, I think, okay, first they make it where it's an overt threat, but eventually it's going to be a pre-crime situation. People like this can sometimes lead to. Hopefully I'll pull up some quotes that'll support my point after the break. 800 WSB Talk, this is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.